0: The February 7th, 2020 episode of Weekly Signals Meltdown. Broadcasting from Studio A at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm
1: Mike Caspar.
0: And as always, evil, corrupt, vicious, and mean Mahler, (laughs) the fake news dog. Wow, that is scary. That's that's demonic. Yeah. 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 Well, he's a Democrat. That's why. Yeah. Today, we'll be talking about abrupt thaw, uh, Humboldt wind power, <laughs> the Finnish dream, and more. But first, mm-hmm. do you ever use that Google Maps thing while you're driving? <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't have one of those in dash
1: versions of it. Yeah. So I have to pull over, look at it. Yeah. Because yeah, I wouldn't want to do anything that's not safe. Or you could uh, just
0: tape it to your your, your visor.
1: Actually, up there. Don't tell anybody about that. But yeah, I put it. There's a little <laughs> uh little holder on the visor, a little yeah. strap, and so I, you can look at the map. Okay, I can sort of slot it in there and kind of watch <laughs> the map while I'm. Wow. Supposed to not be doing that. You know that's yet. dangerous. Mike. I know it is. Yeah. That's why I didn't want to reveal it. Any cops that are listening, yeah. I don't really do that. Okay. Any cops that are no, out he there?
0: Doesn't. No. He doesn't, so. Guys. From Ars Technica, that's Ars Technica. Google Maps determines traffic congestion, as you know, Mike. Yes. By gathering the location and motion and speed of the phones. Yes, they could like detect your phone. Yes. Inside any all the modes of transportation on the road. Right. so they're they're tracking phones right at google yeah, uh, yeah the they're s- not tracking your car no that would be not, that would be least, silly
1: but they're tracking your phone
0: they can track your car if your car has some sort of gps well, transmitter do, yeah, yes, in so. there but yeah. google since it's you're uploading it to your phone they're yeah. doing it with your phone that makes and, sense uh, these phone data points aggregated make a road look green on the map if it's running smoothly if there's not many phones on the road. Right. Yeah, or red, if there's a lot of phones traveling down the road and they're traveling very slow. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, sure. So when traffic is severe, the map's navigation software will reroute, or route, if you're in uh, England. (laughs) Okay. Reroute drivers around the congestion when possible. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out all you need is a little red wagon, Totally, and hundred cheap smartphones to make Google Maps display false real-time data. <laughs> well, without in mind, German artist Simon Weckert piled ninety-nine second-hand phones into a little red wagon and then strolled down the street real slow. <laughs> this is yeah. a great idea. Yeah.
1: To I don't know I don't know where he got the ninety-nine phones, but all that well, stuff. Well, I but... thought it was
0: the loot balloons. I was thinking of that. okay. That's the first thing oh, I thought Oh, there you go, of. 99. Yeah. 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 He's an artist. He's German. Yeah. Why not make it Let's 99? Just...
1: Well, I'm sure there are neighborhoods all over Los Angeles that are taking note of this particular story of yeah this because idea. google
0: is rerouting people through neighborhoods absolutely so all you need is like you wouldn't even need anybody you could just have a dog <laughs> like say say Mahler, you know <laughs> That's right, Mahler. Hey,
1: and Mahler works cheap i mean yep. he does this show for practically nothing just to, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you Mahler. we appreciate it yeah. we don't have a budget really yeah, uh right. so uh yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> i know i know
0: <laughs> well, we get on with it. Shut up, you get, you get plenty of food. Yeah. 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 Well, not only did the street appear congested yeah. when uh he took his ninety-nine loose balloons. Simon. Yeah. Simon, Simon, Simon went down there. Yeah. But Google Maps routed traffic around the little red wagon and the neighborhood. Yeah. So the neighborhood is clear of traffic.
1: That's a public service. Yeah. Really. The man is doing him a public I service. Like and and as I said earlier. I do it. You know, that when yep. Google routes me through the middle of a neighborhood, it crosses yep. my mind that these people are probably furious with this happening to them, yep. and this may be a game changer for a lot of neighborhoods in you big know, metropolitan. Yeah, because
0: of the, the, the type of driving that's going on there too. Because most people that want to be rerouted are in a hurry yes. to get somewhere, that's so right. they're going through these residential neighborhoods, yeah, barely quickly. stopping at stop signs,
1: yeah. moving quickly, all that kind of stuff, yeah.
0: From the American Association for the Advancement of Science, mm-hmm. might-destroying gut bacterium might help save vulnerable bees and the rest of us, because we need bees. We need bees. Yeah. No bees, no almonds, no oranges, no fruit, no pollination. That's what would happen if you had no bees. I can't take much more of this, because
1: you almost single-handedly have destroyed my desire for almond milk, which I was practically living on until a story that we read a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I'm I'm completely undone by that story. And this is kind of a follow-on to some of those issues surrounding bees.
0: Almond milk is not all that. I'm on- It's good. I'm on to oat
1: milk. Are you going to try and wreck me on oat milk now? No, oat milk is good. Okay.
0: Almond milk is all right, but it's it's not like chocolate or- Right, but it's
1: enslaving bees and yeah. I, I can't live with that. Right. I can't. I love bees.
0: The world's honeybees are facing an unprecedented crisis. Since the 1940s, the number of honeybee hives in the United States has dropped from 6 million to 2.5 million. A combination of colony killing mites, viral pathogens, and pesticides to blame. I don't know why they say the story possibly pesticides. I, I didn't think say that. I no, cut, you did not, but yeah. the story
1: reads that way, and I wish it, I wish it was more Because they definitive. want advertisers. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. right.
0: We don't... Well, that's why you, you subscribe. I'm sure you all do uh, donate to KUCI, yes. because we're commercial free. Yeah, that's right. So we can say... We can leave out the word, possibly.
1: We don't mind saying soul-destroying, environmental-wrecking Monsanto uh-uh. pesticides are killing our beautiful, necessary honeybees.
0: Yeah, Now researchers have found an unusual ally in the fight to bring the bees back, a bacterium that lives solely in the bees' guts. Oh, This is amazing. By genetically modifying the bacterium to trick the mite or a virus to destroy some of its own DNA, scientists have improved bee survival in the lab and killed many of the mites Mm. that were parasiting the insects. Yeah. And yeah, we've been talking about these mites, it seems like, for about a year now. Yeah. This is a fairly recent story
1: to yeah. explain why this colony collapse has been yeah. occurring, but this makes a lot of sense, and apparently it's good science as it's, well.
0: That's yeah. the Varroa destructor mite. Yeah. it's an odd name. I You know. come up for the mite. It sounds like a children's toy. And
1: you know what that reminds me of? This whole world of sort of the micro part of our planet, of yeah. our world. These mites can't, they're just infinitesimally small. Yeah. They're in the gut of a bee. Yeah. How small do you have to be to be, be doing that stuff?
0: Our fate is in the gut of a bee. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. Anyway, these Varroa destructor mite weakens bees by feeding on the bees' fat. The mites have developed resistance to pesticides. Yeah. They're just very dangerous for the bee population right now. Researchers decided to see whether they could recruit bacteria living in the honeybee gut to produce more ribonucleic acid. Or what we like to call RNA. Well, I like to call RNA, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes the mite or the virus self-destruct. Yeah. They figured out how to genetically modify one of these bacteria, Snodgrassella alvee. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I think, I, you laugh, but I think the cartoon name, Snodgrass, came after the yeah. actual yeah. bacteria. I believe Not you're right. Not the other way around. I believe you're yeah, right. They didn't name the bacteria <laughs> after Snodgrass. Anyway, this Snodgrass cella alvee they modified so that it continually makes RNA that matched the genetic material, but undid the genes that are essential to the survival of the mites or the virus. Wow. Next, they fed the bacterium to groups of up to 20 bees before exposing them to the mites or the virus. The mites were 70% more likely to die on the treated bees than untreated ones. Okay. But... Bacteria are not easy to contain as you can imagine. Yeah. So you might not want to use this approach in the wild, just kind of throwing a bunch of yeah. bacteria around.
1: As you said, you might not want to use this on mites in the wild. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You might not want to is that it? Yeah, that was this my is that's, a, that's my <laughs> joke. That's <is> a pun?
1: <laughs> that's a joke.
0: A lot more work needs to be done. I'll say. Yeah. With hives and tens of thousands of bees outside. They have to figure out how this will work outside. Yeah. They have to get their science together a little bit more before they can just go spreading the bacteria around.
1: But they're on the right track.
0: Yeah, right. they're on the right track getting rid of the mites. Pesticides weren't working.
1: I got an idea. Yeah. Why don't we build one less B thirty five bomber fighter jet okay. and save the bees. Save instead. the bees. Yeah, why don't yeah. we do that?
0: I don't know. Why don't we, Mahler? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, greed. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you're a homeowner in Minnesota, you can earn some bucks if you ditch your lawn. Just get rid of your lawn. Yeah. You don't need that thing. No. What are you doing out there? I don't know. Mowing it. Mowing it. That's what people usually do with and lawns. And putting way too much water on it. Yeah, yeah, that too. Occasionally people play in the lawn, but just go to the park. Go to the park. You want to play flag football, go yeah. to the park. Yeah, you'll uh, find other people there. You want to um, play
1: croquet? Go to the park. You want yeah. to play bocce, which you should be, yeah. go to the park.
0: If you ditch your lawn, you can grow bee-friendly plants instead in your front yard. Yeah. A new spending program approved by lawmakers called Lawns to Legumes sets aside $900,000 annually to pay homeowners who replace typical mow, blow, and go lawns with bee-friendly wildflowers, clover, and native grasses. Yeah. That's a good deal. And not everybody gets nine hundred thousand dollars. That's the total budget, right. but still, that that divides up just fine in uh, in Minnesota. I think they'll do okay, it, though. And let's, it's yeah, an incentive.
1: It is an incentive, and let's give credit to local government. Yeah, people bash government unnecessarily, sometimes necessarily because they do screw up. But yeah. this is an example where smart public policy can have a benefit not only to the homeowner. Because you are putting in place something that will be more sustainable over the long haul. But it also is providing a real public service. Yeah, Bees. Bees. Bees are a public service. Yeah. They are selfless public servants. And we should acknowledge them and
0: we should celebrate them. If this news gives you hope, may I recommend a donation to KUCI to give us hope? <laughs> Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, free-form, free-speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. From Electrek. Yeah. That's a funny it's, little name. There's, I never, there's a couple yeah. of Ks going on. Yeah, in I never room. heard of such a thing. But The Tennessee Valley Authority. The TVA. Mm-hmm. They always had those three-letter acronyms back there. Yeah, in the, yeah. Uh, the work the, WPA. The WPA, yeah. back in FDRs. Yeah, the World period.
1: War II. This was after the uh, Great Depression. They were beginning to put together these public, big public projects. Yeah. TVA was one of the
0: biggest during that yeah. period of time, the Tennessee Valley
1: Authority. Uh, yeah. yeah, the
0: Tennessee Valley Authority shut down its last operating unit at its Paradise Fossil Plant in western Kentucky, Paradise was one of TVA's biggest coal plants. Yep. The TVA uh, was created during Franklin Delano Roosevelt's New Deal in 1933 to bring power and economic development to one of the areas of the U.S. hit hardest by the Great Depression. It's kind of a, what uh, Donald Trump would call a evil socialist program. Yes, yeah. he would. Yeah. He would. Because he wasn't making money off of it. Exactly. Despite objections to the closure from Republican Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky and sack of shite President Donald Trump, <laughs> the TVA board voted in February 2019 to halt the last Paradise unit, which is a good thing. Yeah. They don't need this coal there anymore. You mean they don't need big, beautiful coal? Yeah. Yeah. And there are there are good uses for coal. Maybe we will find that out in the future. We talked about one of them last week, last in, week. in making uh, graphene flakes, yes, which can help with computers. Right. But it's a whole different process. Right. We'd have to retool. We could still mine coal, right. but right now we're not using it. Right, TVA is already shut down. A majority of the 59 coal-fired units it once operated. Last September, TVA helped bring a new 6-megawatt solar facility at the Naval Air Station in Meridian, Mississippi, mm. online. Good. So they're moving over. TVA is doing solar. Good. And two weeks ago, Vanderbilt University committed to a green energy partnership with TVA for off-site solar. There you go. Vanderbilt's goal is to be carbon neutral by 2050, Vanderbilt's new solar farm will supply up to 35 megawatts of green energy, enough to offset approximately 70% of Vanderbilt's annual indirect greenhouse gas emissions from purchased electricity. That's a good thing. From National Geographic Researchers discovered that the Arctic's thawing ground is releasing a shocking amount of dangerous gases. This process called abrupt thaw will probably hit just 5% of Arctic permafrost, but that will likely be enough to double permafrost's overall contribution to the warming of the planet. Until now, thawing permafloss, permafloss, they should have that for your teeth. Permafrost. Until now, thawing permafrost has been expected to amplify human-caused climate change by about 10%, but doubling that figure is significant because the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change has not taken permafrost fully into account. Right. In other words, if we hope to hold warming to 2.7 to 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit, we'll have to make the shift to renewable energy faster than we think. Yeah. Otherwise... This is just one more of those things in the loop.
1: The description in this article is really quite frightening. It looks like the ground is boiling.
0: Yeah. A small fraction of the Arctic's 9 million square miles of permafrost is packed with solid ice. When that ground thaws, the ice melts, dramatically altering the landscape. The ground slumps to fill the void left behind by once-frozen water, creating huge divots in the earth that turn into ponds and lakes. All that moisture speeds up thawing even more. It's one of those cycles again. Warming ground also exposes carbon-rich peatlands that have been locked in this freezer for thousands of years. It can spark landslides, churn up old soils, releasing even more carbon.
1: Yeah.
0: Across many parts of the Arctic, these changes are happening faster than we once expected. On one northern Canadian island, ground slumps already have increased 60-fold from 1984 to 2013. 60. Yeah. And once that solid ice begins to drain, many landscape shifts can take place virtually overnight, like within a couple of days. When that change happens, far more of the carbon held in those ice-thick lands gets released as methane, which can be at least 25 times more potent than CO2.
1: It's so distressing to read these stories because it is such a large scale that we're talking about now. A lot of the times over the many years we've been covering climate damage, climate change, They were relatively isolated, but when you start talking about something like the size of Siberia or the Arctic Circle or the upper reaches of Canada, these are massive areas, and for them to be under this kind of distress and how much methane is being released in such a short period of time, when I think about this, I think about how sudden all of this could change, how quickly the environment could radically change when you're releasing 25 times Well, don't worry, Mike. Oh, okay. Don't worry about okay. this. Yeah.
0: Remember we have a science-based White House. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's They're right. They're always looking out for our own good and they pay attention to these things yeah. rather than say a 2000-year-old book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that that, that uh, thank you for that. Thanks for calming me down. <sighs>
0: Hey, did you did you see that bit in the uh, uh, what's that called, the State of the Union? Oh, wow, where, that was Where hilarious. Trump was bragging about yeah. planting trees. Yes, and you know why he's planting trees?
1: For the forest industry or forestry? I, or for I guess lumber. He thinks it's for lumber.
0: I think <laughs> it's it's for global warming, Mr. President. <laughs> those trees are for global warming. Don't tell him. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. a factory in Iran. Is producing two thousand U.S. and Israeli flags a month for protesters to burn. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. Stream us live on TuneIn, or go to KUCI.org. Whoa! Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mother. Mm-hmm. From inverse. One of the problems with solar panels is that they don't generate electricity at night. Yeah. I don't know if that's a problem. It's just that it's, some people think it is. It's a feature. Yeah. It's unfortunate. You, you get I mean, a big battery, you stole yeah. your power. Yeah, yeah in exactly. it. That's what you do. Exactly. But nevertheless, people bring it up. Yeah. But now, researchers at UC Davis explain in a new paper that if you want a panel that generates electricity by pointing it at the night sky, you just have to create one that operates the opposite way solar panels work. They call it the anti-solar panel. I think that's a bad name. It is a bad name. It sounds like you're against solar panels. Right. Which they're not. They're augmenting solar panels. Why don't they call it a night panel? Oh, there you go. I like that? Oh, I like that. Night panel.
1: Lunar panel.
0: Lunar panel? Yeah, but they're not sucking anything out of the oh, moon. Oh, that's true. That's You're, all. Right. You're right. I, yeah, yeah. I thought it was good. I like the moon or lunar panel, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's more of a night. It's a black panel. Okay. You know, it's yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. A regular solar cell generates power by absorbing sunlight, which causes a voltage to appear across the device and for current to flow. In these new devices, light is instead emitted and the current and voltage go in the opposite direction, but you still generate power. The paper claims that the anti-solar panel, or the we like to call it the night panel, that even sounds better. It sounds like it, it could be a TV show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the paper claims that the night panel could generate about a quarter of the electricity at night that a normal solar panel generates about, during the day. To, about 25 percent of yeah, what? Do 20, yeah, okay, so that's a good deal. Huh.
1: And they're going to come up with more ways to make it more efficient too. They yeah. continue well, that's to the make. Other it, thing. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. They're gonna, all these things will become more and more efficient. From Greentech Media. Wind speeds off the coast of Humboldt County in Northern California are some of the strongest in the US. The region's steady gusts are so powerful that the area was one of the three potential offshore wind energy development zones in California, included by the Federal Bureau of Ocean Energy Management in a public pitch to developers last year. So even the federal government Even those reality-based folks in Washington know about this. The Humboldt County wind zone could supply much of the estimated 2,100 megawatts of generating capacity that serves the 8 million residents of the nine-county San Francisco Bay Area. But they're trying to figure out how to get it there. That's what they don't have. The existing transmission infrastructure in Humboldt County wasn't built to export power. And undersea cable could be the answer. Could be right under the ocean there, because right. going overland they figured it would be just be too much of a deal. So, so
1: that the cable would go out into the ocean and yeah, down to down wherever to the, Bay Area. the Bay Area.
0: Yeah, developers are looking into the costs as well as the technical and environmental challenges of doing that. Team in the Seattle office of the coastal engineering firm Mott McDonald is handling the conceptual design of the undersea Humboldt cable, while PG and E is tasked with estimating the transmission cost upgrades. Now, I don't know about PG and E; it may not be there much longer, yeah, if at all. But nevertheless, they do have it's infrastructure; they do have people working on things, and they have and the
1: scientific or they have the technical expertise to be able to determine that as good.
0: well. Unfortunately, no developer has yet proposed building a subsea transmission cable from Humboldt to San Francisco. So we'll see how that goes, but I think it's a great idea. It is. From the New York Times by Matthew Connolly, a professor of history at Columbia. Mm -hmm. This is his opinion, but it also has a lot of fact in it, too. The National Archives, remember that place, right? The National Archives is letting millions of documents, including many related to immigrants' rights, be destroyed or deleted. Last month, we talked about, you and I talked about the National Archives putting a doctored photograph of the Women's March in Washington on display. Anti-Trump signs in that photo were blotted out, and the word vagina in other signs was blotted out, so nothing made any sense. And these are archives are history, so you're blotting out part of history here. It's madness. But far more serious censorship is happening in Washington. Trump has long made it a practice to tear up his papers and throw them away. It's a clear violation of the Presidential Records Act, which is supposed to prevent another Watergate-style cover-up. It didn't. When the National Archives sent staff members to tape these records together, the White House fired them. Oh, my God. In 2017, a normally routine document released by the archives, a records retention schedule, revealed that archivists had agreed that officials from Immigration and Customs Enforcement could delete or destroy documents detailing the sexual abuse and death of undocumented immigrants.
1: Oh, my God.
0: The National Archives made some changes to the plan, but last month it announced that ICE could go ahead and start destroying records from Trump's first year, including detainees' complaints about civil rights violations and shoddy medical care. And it's not just ice. This is the disturbing part. It's not just that. The Department of the Interior and the National Archives have decided to delete files on endangered species, offshore drilling inspections, and the safety of drinking water. This is evil. Yeah. The this department is... even claimed that papers from a case where it mismanaged Native American land assets, resulting in a multi billion dollar legal settlement, yeah. would be of no interest to future historians or anyone else. Oh, my God. That's just nuts. How could it not be? I mean, and, there's, there's and at least a book in there.
1: Come I, on. We, we have to know our history. We have to know our history. Even if we don't think it's a pretty picture, we yeah. have to know our history. And this is the tendency, the, the impulse of a dictatorship yeah. is to erase history,
0: to essentially control the narrative, an
1: untrue narrative.
0: Virtually all the papers of the Undersecretary of State for Economic Growth, Energy, and Environment are also being designated as temporary, despite the incredibly broad responsibilities of that office, from God. international aviation safety to foreign takeovers of American firms. So we'll lose that history, too. Mm. It's history being destroyed. It is. This is the behavior of a dictatorship. Well, this is the new Dark Ages. All this is happening without so much as a congressional hearing. The State Department is cutting archivists completely out of the process. Instead, it will start using machine learning algorithms to separate the historic from the temporary. Yeah. Going forward, it's not even planning to turn these records over to the National Archives. It's a clear violation of the Federal Records Act.
1: There are so many other heinous things that are going on with this presidency. It's hard to prioritize them. But this is a pretty important one.
0: Oh, I think this so is too. a really this is one that slipped under the radar. Yeah,
1: too. this is significant because in order to know how to move forward, we really do need to know what our past is. We have to know where we came from in order to get somewhere else. And this is unbelievably irresponsible on yeah. the part of this administration. Wow.
0: From NBC News, more than 200 people the U.S. has sent back to El Salvador have been killed or seriously abused, including sexually assaulted and tortured, according to a new report by Human Rights Watch. The group's investigation found that from 2013 to 2019... So we got three years of Obama and three years of Trump here. 138 people were killed and more than 70 others were beaten, sexually assaulted, extorted, or tortured after they were sent back to El Salvador. The report highlights the risks Salvadorans face when sent back to the country facing a humanitarian crisis and extreme levels of violence. It emphasizes how efforts in the last few years by the Trump administration to restrict legal immigration, especially asylum, have hit Salvadorans especially hard. This has been a brick-by-brick erection of a legal wall by the Trump administration in an attempt to effectively end asylum in the U.S., the report's co-author said. Salvadorans are by no means the only nationality that will suffer greatly from this. The U.S. has been denying asylum applications from El Salvador, even though the number of applicants increased from about 5,600 to over 60,000 from 2012 to 2017. That has a lot to do with it, but nevertheless, 60,000 is a little bit better than a good game at Dodger Stadium. 60,000 sounds like a lot, but it's not that much. Instead of talking about it that way, let's talk about Ronald Reagan. Let's talk about 1981 and the El Mazote Massacre. You want to know why El Salvador is, or at least partly why it's in the condition that it's in right now, we're to blame. The U.S. is to blame for this. Men, women, and children were slaughtered by an army that Reagan poured billions of dollars into.
1: That's right. That's right. And San Salvador has, I believe, the highest murder rate outside of a war zone in the world. Guatemala... El Salvador, Nicaragua, during the 1980s, during the Reagan administration, this was the secret war that was only secret to the American public. Everyone in Central America knew about it. Everyone in the rest of the world knew about it. It was the American public that didn't know about it. And these people were being slaughtered on an impressive level during that period of time.
0: (sighs) Meanwhile, the Trump administration loosened restrictions on the use of landmines, which are banned in 160 countries for the frequency Which which they kill civilians.
1: Remember, this was Princess Diana's big achievement. Yeah. The world signed on to this landmine treaty. Yeah. No one was going to use it. The U.S. did not sign it because we have tens of thousands of landmines between North and South Korea. Yeah. And that's the reason we wouldn't do it. One of the reasons. Yeah. The rest of the world signed on to it.
0: And now we're we're walking away from it. Well,
1: we're walking away from sort of tacitly agreeing to it because we didn't sign on to the treaty. We're
0: going to use them, though. From the World Economic Forum, people in Finland and other Nordic nations have a better chance of realizing the American dream, according to the Finnish Prime Minister Asana Marin. Well, she backs it up. Yeah. I feel that the American dream can be achieved here in the Nordic countries, where every child, no matter their background or their families, can become anything, she said. Nordic countries dominate the top six positions in the World Economic Forum's Global Social Mobility Index 2020.
1: Which is a great indicator for the health, the social health of your country. Social
0: mobility. Yeah. Denmark, Norway, Finland, Sweden, Iceland, Netherlands. That's the first six places. These countries lead the world in embodying the ideal of opportunity for everyone, regardless of wealth, background, or status at birth. That's that sounds right. like uh, what we used to be here in this country. That's
1: right. It sounds like a real socialist
0: I wouldn't say you know, I would just it, say it's an American. idea It ideal. is an American.
1: Well, that's what the, I guess what I was trying to get to yeah. is the distortion of the things that we used to hold dear, social yeah. mobility. and now it's somehow it's it's an anathema, it's somehow associated with socialism yeah and somehow
0: that's really not what we want. Of course, that's crazy. It's a crazy. key finding of the report is how most economies fail to create a framework that allows citizens to prosper, restricting people's ability to break out of poverty or improve their social and economic trajectory. The U.S. ranked 27th, by the way, behind Ireland, France, Singapore, Canada, the U.K., Australia, the Czech Republic, Slovenia, and 19 other countries. Oh.
1: By the way, Sana Marin, Marin yeah. she is uh, obviously a woman, one uh-huh. of the the youngest, I believe, youngest world leader, uh-huh. and killing it.
0: Yeah? Yeah. She's got it right. Yeah. From Reason Magazine. Last year, Mike, Denver voted to become the first city in America to decriminalize magic mushrooms. You know those things you pop in your mouth, and then a couple hours later, yeah. you see Arnold Palmer dressed in drag playing <laughs> golf with Porky Pig? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Yes, as a matter of fact. Go. Yeah, yeah. Then Oakland, California decriminalized all psychedelic plants and fungi. They also do some amazing things. Yes, They've they do. have helped post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes, they do. The dosage of them, depending on how you get it. Microdosing
1: has been a remarkable. Yeah. There's been uh, research into this field that's increasingly more positive in terms of its impact. In
0: January of this year, the neighboring Bay Area city of Santa Cruz followed suit. Now, statewide efforts are underway in Washington State, Oregon, and right here in California. I just signed. I just signed the. Really? Yeah. The. Were they out in uh, front of? uh,
1: And from our station here, our our former program director is passing around the uh, around the yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: We led from a place of love. That is, we didn't push commodification. We pushed equitable access and decriminalizing our relationship with nature. Amen. Says Carlos Plazola, head of Decriminalize Nature, which is pushing this. The California Attorney General's Office approved the psychedelic legislation initiative's language in early January, and the campaign is currently collecting the 625,000 signatures it needs to qualify for the ballot. My hope for the next five years for the decriminalization movement is that it's an international movement, that it's being talked about at the United Nations, said Carlos.
1: Well, and you know, pharma is going to come in heavy against this.
0: Oh, Big yeah. pharma—they're
1: going to come on r- yeah. strong, literally, because
0: they don't have a patent on it.
1: That's right. Yeah. Well, if they, had a p- if they had a patent
0: right. on magic mushrooms, yeah. they would be a lot more likely to not lobby against yeah. it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. No, they would, they would be promoting it. would. Yeah.
1: You'd see every on every other commercial on cable. You would see people dosing on, yeah. you know, and running around, <laughs> running around with Mad Hatter hats on. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and finally. In Tennessee, a man was arrested for smoking marijuana in an open courtroom while facing charges of marijuana possession. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals weekly review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.